Now, fast-moving waters, as we know, well, they're extremely dangerous. But new technology could make for safer summers. Niwa and Surf Lifesaving have developed a tool to identify rip currents using artificial intelligence. Niwa coastal scientist Dr. Christo Reutenbach uh, is with me now. Uh, Christo, I hope you got, I pronounced your name right. I'm always quite hot on that stuff, but um, good morning. Good morning. No, you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how long has it taken to develop this technology? We've, we've kind of hit the one-year mark at this point. Um, it took a year for us to come up with the idea um, and publish our first peer review paper, um, just to, that we're sure that the science underpinning this technology is actually you know, worth its salt. Mm. How, how does it work? So basically what we've done is we've taken intelligence from what I like to call an artificial brain that's already been developed in America. It's called ImageNet. Um, and we've actually just added even more specific intelligence in this artificial intelligence that's able to understand the ocean. So basically, when this AI, I'm just going to say AI when I mean yeah, artificial yeah, yeah. intelligence, when this AI looks at any sort of coastline, it actually understands that that's the beach, that's breaking waves, and, you know, and then the most important in this case is that's a rip current. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's it in a nutshell. How does the artificial intelligence compete with the experienced eye of a lifeguard? Now, that's a very good question. Um, humans can't be competed with. <laughs> yeah. So what, what we're actually trying to do is almost just help surf lifesaving um, with monitoring beaches. So as you know, New Zealand has got a wide variety and types of different beaches. Um, some can be really large in, in expanse, you know, and it's just very difficult to patrol. So our plan was that if we can at least get to the point where we can recognize a rip current, hmm. if a trained person can recognize a rip current, we're winning. Okay. Uh, how is it going to be rolled out or when will it be rolled out on public beaches? So currently, the, why, why it's kind of in the news currently is this paper of ours was just published, you know, which kind of makes it real, you know, yeah. so that's why it's kind of boom, it's here. So the next phase would now be for us to choose a few case study sites around New Zealand yeah. um, and have specific workshops with the communities at those beaches. Because the last thing we want is to be um, irrelevant. Mm. We want to develop this technology bespoke to the needs of that specific user community of those beachgoers, you know. Yeah. Um, and Surf Lifesaving is a very close partner to us. Um, so we're developing this technology together with them as well. So that's really the next phase. What sort of images do you need? Are you gonna, is it something where you mount a camera at the beach or you, would you use drones? And I'll, I'll complicate the question by saying, is this something that we could stick on our phones and take a picture or take some movies and, and, and get it to work for us personally? Perfect question. Um, <clears throat> part, of, part of why this is such a significant breakthrough is that the angle of the of your view to the ocean doesn't matter. So if it's an oblique camera that's mounted on, on a coastline or if it's a drone having full aerial imagery of, of the ocean, we've proven that for our algorithm it actually doesn't matter. If you can see that it's a rip current, the AI can see it's a rip current. The problem comes in when you're too oblique. So this is now with regards to your last question. Yep. Is if you're on the beach, it can be very tricky to actually see a rip current. And hence why we're doing this, you know. So we want to be almost like the eye in the sky that helps people on the beach. Yeah. 
I always use the example, usually if I, if I, I presented this recently in Australia at a conference, yeah. and I drew a number three on a, on a piece of paper, and I showed the whole audience, and I asked them, what do you see? And everyone's like, oh, it's a three, it's a three. And then I pay, turned the page over, and I drew a seven, but then I held up the paper, but facing directly upwards. Yeah. And I asked everyone, what's written there? And no one could see. And I was like, well, that's exactly the problem with rip currents. And that is part right. of the problem of why if you just go to the beach with your camera, it's a lot more tricky to get this right. But yeah. it's definitely our goal. Is it a real-time thing, or does it take time for the AI to analyze that footage? It's instantaneous. Yeah. So... Um, that's part of the power of this thing. So there, there has been a lot of other technologies developed with regards to video, video-based identification of yeah. rip currents. But then you need almost like 10 images. You need to average them out, and then you see where the waves are, and then yeah. you can kind of deduce this is not where the waves are, so it's a rip. So that is not always, we call it operationally a good thing, but because this AI needs one image, it's almost like your eye, okay. and it's instantaneous. Fantastic. Is there any interest from overseas in, a, in something like that? Because we like to think that, we, uh, that we're creating good ideas for others to use in other countries. No, definitely. So I was very proud to present this at the um, International Coastal Engineering Conference in Sydney this, last, this month, actually, December, earlier this month. Um, and the feedback was fantastic. Um, and I mean, it's, it, that was the international audience. Um, and it's, we're definitely leading the front um, with this research. I know for a fact that Australia is also trying to embark on similar research that kind of shows that currently, you know, <laughs> we're leading. <laughs> okay. Actually, is it a competition or do you work together? Because, you know, good ideas sometimes are worth something. You know what, what is a bit trickier? Sometimes with, with research funding, you, you kind of have to also show that, that you're a pioneer in your, in your thinking. Um, so you're kind of, if you're the first one to come up with the idea, it, it could be a really good thing just to show, you know, that you, you, yeah. you're thinking in a very creative way. Yeah. But in the way that we roll out our research is 100% collaborative. Honestly, there's yeah. like no boundaries. So Correct. within this project, and, and I'm not the sole author of this either. Hey? I've got fantastic colleagues at NIWA. We've got colleagues at Auckland University, Surf yeah. Life Saving, you know, so it's really a collaboration and like I mentioned before, even the workshops, it's a co-development approach, Brilliant. you know. Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, Christo, uh, congrats on that. And, um, yeah, well done to you and all your um, collaborators. <laughs> Cheers. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. That's Dr. Christo Reutenbach, who is a uh, NIWA coastal scientist. Amazing technology. It's always technology that improves our lives, I reckon. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy. You've got a girl. Get the snip. You're you done. Got- you get to figure out what it's like raising a girl. You get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.